idiots and fools and jackasses on radio. What an introduction that was. Holy God. Oh my gosh. Nobody does it better. Kids, we don't want another incident here, okay? Yeah. It's such a bizarre world. I apologize for that. All right, go, go. Thank you, Mr. President. Thank you, Mr. President. This is Ed McMahon. And now, he is Armstrong and Getty. Getty. From Studio C, Senor. Deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty Information Complex, this is the Armstrong and Getty Show. For this 19th of February, the year of our Lord 2020. This morning, under the tutelage of Honorary General Manager, Nevada. It's not Nevada. Quit softening your A's to try to sound sophisticated. My apple was crappie. I think it's gone bod. Stop it! It's Copenhagen. It's Shanghai. I heard somebody say Shanghai today on the news. Like, all right. All right. All right. So Bloomberg gets his roasting tonight. We'll be talking about that. I think Jack's coming, by the way. We'll say, I don't know. It's uh, He's a free spirit. He comes and goes like the wind. But in keep... Oh, do I hear somebody on the phone? Are we taking calls? Hi, caller. Go ahead. You're on the air. What do you think of Michael Hansen? Bloomberg? Hanson put me on without letting me talk to you. Uh, so I'm, it's your decision. I'm standing right here. I'm right outside the door. I just vomited. Are you here to kill me? Oh, you, you've, just, you've upchucked. Yeah. Sorry to you hear that. Do to walk in or not? Well, golly, I, I don't know. What do you What do you suspect is going on? Is it the corona? Hard to imagine how it is. I mean, I had a couple of wet bats last night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's the way you wind down. I know that about you. So have you had, like, family members uh, with, with intestinal distress? Or? No. No. So... Wow, odd for a grown man to just, you know, unswallow yeah. out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. Swallow. Yeah. You. <laughs> yeah. I got a hundred of them. Um, so look, look, look to your right. Ah! Oh, my God. He's looming right out the door. Oh, my God. Like a uh, here's Johnny sort of thing. Yeah. What's your, exactly. What's your uh, best guess? Do you have any idea what's going on? I don't know. I'm really clammy and I threw up. That's all I know. Oh, golly. I don't know. I'm skeptical. I'm thinking, I don't know. I think know. you need to go home. Michael says home. No. I can't do that. Why? I got to make a living. <laughs> Please. I don't mind doing it, feeling like this. But uh, I don't really want everybody else to be sick. If it's contagious and not just... Well, right. That's what look, was, look, And I look, think that's what Michael was saying. I don't think he was look concerned look about... Look to your right again. Oh, Jesus. What? Okay, sorry. What? You don't look good. How do I look? You look terrible. Uh, yeah. I'm clammy. I have confidence in my immune system, Joe. You yeah. do? <laughs> wow. So that's what it's about. <laughs> it's about character. I don't know. I don't know. It's up to you. All right. I'm going to walk in. Hold your breath while I walk past. Oh, fuck. <laughs> I'm zipping this up. This is my... really, this is not good. Shields up. Yeah. I'm putting. I'm breathing through my I'm putting shirts and layers over my mouth oh, here. Oh, my. Look at him. He's trailing clouds of disease. Should I go to the store and pick up some of those masks? You can't get any. 
There's a worldwide shortage of medical supplies now. I, I know a guy. <laughs> there are a few things as unpleasant as that moment right before you uh, unswallow, as Joe said. Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's everything in your DNA warning you about something. Uh, yeah. It's exactly. an unpleasant situation. Turn this loose. Really sick to my stomach, and I I threw up yesterday. About what? You working today? Or just, I don't know, in general. What would a doctor tell you if you just threw up and you're clammy? Uh, There's something wrong with you. Go to work, (laughs) I I would say. That seems very odd to me. Well, it might have, might just go away. You don't know. Yeah, I know. I know. Well, I I just... Have I ever thrown up and it was nothing? Just... Probably not. You know, post-drinking too much. Oh, yeah, but I, yeah. But that's something. Yeah. Just nothing? Do you need a bucket close by? I don't think so. Mm. You got the trash can there, please. Anyway, let's introduce everybody in the squad. Get the hell out of here! <laughs> Start there with our board operator, Michelangelo. Mmm, having trouble getting my tongue to work. It's kind of... Oh, golly. Well, good news, we have a g- brand new coffee apparatus. I heard that. So maybe you can get some sort of uh, tonic or potion that might help. I saw the email that there was a new coffee machine, and my concern, of course, as a Luddite, is am I going to be able to figure out how to use it? My <laughs> guess would be no. <laughs> It's quite advanced. Is it? Yeah. That question is actually up on predictit.org, um, and the numbers are running strongly against you. I'll tell you what, I ain't drinking any coffee today. Um, there's uh, our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. How are you this morning, Michael? Yeah, that's going to be my show up, and I was going to bring in the like menu of drinks that we can make with this thing. There's like oh, French vanilla right. and oh. they did this chocolate. They did and... this at my local convenience store, and it went from you can get a cup of coffee fast and it tastes good to it takes like 10 minutes. And it no, tastes weird. Mine and it tastes like frou frou. Really? <laughs> yeah. What'd you get? No, I just got the hot chocolate. Yeah, but you don't drink coffee. What are you, 11 years old? <laughs> well, well, I got a children's machine. Get a man's drink. It's nice. I got hot chocolate and taffy, and I'm all set. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my and God. A nice wowie pop. I don't need Come to hear, the, I don't need uh, to hear the word taffy. Oh. No, but I think you'll enjoy it. It was really easy. I held, you know, I didn't spill or anything like that. And if I can use a jack, you should be able to use this thing. Well, we'll see. Somebody will break it though. That's what's going to probably end up happening, or they'll realize it's so expensive. Then you know, it'll just disappear one day. It's funny how co- coffee has gotten. And Starbucks did this, and it was genius. Wall Street Journal had a whole article about it a couple of weeks ago. Um, but it's it's funny how uh, coffee didn't used to be lumped in with chocolate milk and. Vanilla shakes. I mean, they weren't sure. part of the same beverage group. No. They were a different thing. Coffee was coffee. You got it in a different place from different people. You, you grew up in the East Coast, there'd be a little cream and sugar in there, but that's as far as it went. Yeah. yeah I'm thinking about bringing in some whipped cream for some of these drinks, right. you know. Oh, uh, yeah, for your hot chocolate. Yeah. Very little <laughs> maybe, nutmeg maybe dusting little in marshmallows the past. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hardly, oh. hardly the word caramel or nutmeg ever came up when I was getting coffee all through my life. Can you picture the great American pioneers setting off across the plains, heading west with their caramel and their nutmeg grinder in their Conestoga no, wagon? Coffee is hand, about hand hand mama to caramel. Coffee <laughs> is about men with furrowed brows, barely making it through life. Right. Hunched together. Right. Trying to make it through the day. That's what coffee is. Grinding their teeth grimly, but persevering. That's what coffee is. There's positive Dang Sean it. who smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. Uh, I've been thinking way too much about the uh, the Democratic debate tonight and the ensuing uh, Democratic uh, Nevada caucus going on this weekend. And I, I feel like with Bloomberg becoming the all of a sudden the elephant in the room, 
He's going to take up a lot of the attention on this. Everybody's going to be fighting against Bloomberg. Bernie's just going to coast to another delegate win. Could be. And by Super Tuesday, this thing's going to be over before it even starts. And I think Bloomberg's only chance then would be some sort of brokered convention, which who knows? I mean, that's always the the kind of the random wild card that people dangle out there. Yeah. But Uh, if everybody's focusing on Bloomberg. I agree with your analysis. I was watching Sam Stein uh, from the HuffPost this morning, and And he was talking about how clearly everybody's going to be trained on Bloomberg. And he wondered if the mediators were. He said because the the, the moderators, the people asking the questions should be trained on the clear front runner. The Wall Street Journal NBC poll out today, Bernie has double the number of everyone else. It's him at 28 and four people at 14. I think the moderators, I would guess the moderators are are going to be fairly clear-eyed about this. Although they only have so much control on, uh, you know, what people say up there. If everybody's Mm -hmm. training their ammunition on Bloomberg because they all hate him and see him as a threat, that would be weird. But you're right, Bernie would just coast them. The person you got to beat is standing over in there in the middle. He's the old white-haired socialist there in the middle. Yeah. uh, For now. He's got double the number of everybody else nationally in the Wall Street Journal poll that just came out. That is just crazy. That's where we are. What's uh, what's the number though? Just out of 28. curiosity, twenty eight. Okay, so that's that's fairly modest. Twenty eight. Then everybody else at fourteen. Yeah, four other people at fourteen. Yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, every election cycle, every single one, I think this is our our choices. It's amazing. Bloomberg, and I'll get to this coming up. A tweet from his campaign manager made me think. Okay, he understands the new way the game is played. Uh, he's taking a page from Donald's book. Uh, more on that later, assuming I can still speak. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this. It is <clears throat> Wednesday, February 19th, the year 2020. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. All right, then. Let's leap into action according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I don't see how Democrats uh, do anything but bleed out their newfound support in the suburbs when they put a socialist at the top of the ticket. I was just reading about how angry Bernie's campaign is at MSNBC and NBC for uh, allegedly being too critical of the man. They've been fairly critical. They have been. uh, I was going to ascribe it just to the everybody tries to work the ref these days, as we've talked to a number of people, Cheryl Atkinson uh, and on, that everybody now full-time lobbies the media and yells at them and accuses them of unfairness online and otherwise. But they do seem to be pretty anti-Bernie. At the liberal channel. Well, it's the polling on a lot of the issues he backs is not good. Right. Among everybody. Right. Just Republicans. He is a disaster waiting to happen. Anyway, we got some more data on that coming up. How's the mailbag look? Oh, it's very nice. I'm just trying to sort it out right now. So many great emails. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Clammy is one of my least favorite feelings also. Clammy's not good. Clammy is a close relative to moist, which is the worst <laughs> word in the English language. <laughs> All that good stuff's on the way. Stay with me. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. I sure don't want to spend the whole show or even half the show talking about the Democratic presidential race, but, you know, the the overall theme of it is the question of our times. Are are we going to be, you know, head more towards socialism or or not? And Chris Matthews on MSNBC went really far on on, on chastising Bernie yesterday. 
And you haven't heard that yet. Yeah, he continues. Well, compared to what he's done recently? He continues his drumbeat of what the hell are we doing looking at nominating a socialist. Right. Because um, he's got an old school view of the word socialism. Well, which he knows might where be, it goes. Might be appropriate. Right. Uh, anyway, more on that coming up. Yeah, wow. I'm looking forward to that. Mailbag. Let's see. Merrill writes, Jack should go home. William writes, Joe, don't let Jack in. Oh, no, it's too late. He's there. Might as well let him stay. All right, thank you for your input. Oh, boy. Oh, you know what I forgot to grab was a freedom-loving quote of the day. Hang on a second. I have it right over here. That's too long. How about this from John Milton? Back in the day. Give me the liberty to know, to utter, to argue freely according to conscience above all liberties. All the great thinkers of antiquity, of the uh, Middle Ages, of modern times, all say the same thing, and it's, it's going directly against what's happening on university campuses. The one thing you must have is the right to argue your position freely. But don't worry. We'll keep fighting. Keep fighting for freedom around here at the Armstrong and Getty Show, or at least I will. Jack, probably, uh, well, his prospects are not good. Leaning over the toilet of socialism. Oh, boy. Uh, let's see. OMG, overlaid, ha, 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 writes Brian. I'm officially dead. Our four, uh, 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 I laughed out loud so many times during the causes of death in London in the 1600 segment, I nearly burst. Uh, <laughs> thank you again for what you guys do. Thank you, Brian. Um, KSFOTA keeps saying fistula on the air. Brian from Kansas City, go Chiefs, hope they weren't cheating like the Astros. Well, we did not finish the uh, the causes of death in London in 1632, I think it was, so we may have to resume that in a little bit. Yes, Positive Sean? I have updated, uh, I don't have a bucket list, I have an anti-bucket list, things that I'm trying to avoid for the rest of my life. That, one of the, I agree. That You know, that's funny. I don't have a bucket list, but I have what you have. Yeah, like an overturned bucket list. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and on that list is avoid being pressed to death. Yes. Which was one of the things listed there. I tell you what, your uh, travel guides or whatever, they ought to mention, yeah, the, the weather's hot in August and, uh, you know, hotels are excellent. You should bring your own water and they may press you to death if you run afoul of their laws. It's worth knowing. A couple of the causes of death in London in 1632, they included, uh, let's see, cancer and wolf. That's one cause. I mean, that's really terrible. You you got the big C, and you're beset by wolves, as, as far as I can figure. A cut of the stone, uh, executed and pressed to death. Um, gangrene, gout, death by gout. Yikes! One, one guy in London, one guy, bit by mad dog. You got to be thankful to live in these times, or at least in a place where <clears throat> Western medicine is available. Oh my goodness, yeah, yeah, it is. It's it's humbling and and scary, and and it makes you grateful when you think about you know all the things that uh, happened to your kids that might have been fatal back in the day, but uh, we deal with them fairly easily now. We got this text: hot chocolate in the morning. Whoa, ladies, he's already taken. Oh, boy. <laughs> That's mean-spirited. That is mean-spirited. We don't need that sort of cruelty. Uh, Brian. Different Brian writes, Hey, yo, Joe. With respect to what you were saying about not calling liberals liberals anymore, because they're illiberal. I mean, they, they don't accept different points of view and arguments. It's, it's the opposite of liberalism. 
Um, I agree we need another term to describe the political left, one that accurately reflects their mindset. Progressive uh, suggests that progress is being made, and I cannot agree that their policies would be beneficial progress. Perhaps governmentalist would be a good choice. Someone believes that the government is the solution to all problems. Um, but it seems that therein lies a great deal of the divide between the divide between those of us with a libertarian thought process and the more socialist mindsets of Bernie Elizabeth AOC at all. Brian, thank you for the input. I can solve the baseball cheating thing, writes Dave. Oh, man, more Major League Baseball players are speaking out, saying some pretty strong stuff about the Houston Astros. The slap on the wrist and the idiotic comments of the owner and some of the players essentially saying, well, it's behind us. We don't know if it affected games. That's not the way players feel. So we'll get to those soon. But Dave has a great idea. And this is kind of straight out of the NFL, but congrats for coming up with it, Dave. Uh, Just allow a hearing aid type beeper in the pitcher's ear and some buttons the catcher has somewhere under the glove say catcher can signal the pitcher safely. Only risk then is hacking the beeper signal, but you can fix that with encryption. So make it like, you know, the offensive coordinator actually talks to the quarterback in their helmet now. Mm. Um, and uh, maybe, you know, have the catcher with a little uh, little microphone there in his mouth. Okay, yeah, throw the breaking ball here. Throw him the curveball. You know? Yeah. 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 That's not a bad idea. Yeah, I like it. Way uh, to go, Dave. What they're saying about Bernie over there on the left. The Armstrong and Getty Show. How much do other players hate the Houston Astros? Um, we got that coming up. China just kicked three Wall Street Journal reporters out of their country for reporting inaccurately on the coronavirus, according to China. My guess is they're reporting too accurately. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, let's, uh, that's part of it. It's actually it's an interesting story, and it, it's, it dovetails nicely with something I just read. About, um, it was written by a woman whose husband was a reporter for Bloomberg in China, and the extent to which uh, old man Bloomberg kowtowed to the Chinese, threatened his employees, attempted to silence them, attempted to silence their spouses, really not cool. Well, mentioning Bloomberg brings us tonight uh, to tonight, and uh, Lord knows I've been uh, wrong before. As uh, we and other pundits have pointed out, these candidates often say awful things about each other and run horrible ads. And, I mean, just say things. You, if somebody said it to your face, you would fight about each other. And then when they get on the debate stage, they got nothing to say. Right. Uh, which is, is pretty weak. But is it possible you were vomiting preemptively in response to the debate tonight? <laughs> I'm looking forward to the debate. I'm, I'm Your psyche kind of, was sending you a message. I'm that kind of weirdo. So we'll start here. I have a feeling that Mike Bloomberg, who's a really sharp guy and uh, has been involved in media for a long time, gets the way Trump is doing things better than everybody else. He mm-hmm. gets dominating the news cycle he gets the whole, whether they're saying something bad about you or good about you, they're saying something about you, and that's a win thing that other candidates don't seem to get. And he gets getting down in the dirt and playing dirty. His cam, and, and, and they're going to do that with Bernie and Trump. So this is his campaign manager yesterday. Um, Mike Bloomberg's campaign manager tweeted out, 
The oppo research file on Bernie Sanders could fill Donald Trump's empty Foxconn facility in Wisconsin. <laughs> Don't get distracted by that, but that's a shot at Trump yeah. and business, uh, d- d- jobs leaving Wisconsin, blah, blah, blah. But don't get distracted by that. It's almost a little complicated. I'm downgrading them for complicated shots. So I'll, so I'll leave Multi-targets. that out. Multi-targets. The oppo research on Bernie Sanders could fill a, a, a giant building. It's very damaging, perhaps even disqualifying. Tweeted out by Blurm, Bloomberg's campaign yeah. manager the day before the debate. Nice. So I don't know if he's going to bring any of that tonight or what. Then on the other side, you got all the candidates uh, and a lot of the media who think Bernie can't be our nominee. That just can't happen. The Wall Street Journal NBC poll that's out today has Bernie in first place by double the next number. Wow. You, got every, you got four people tied at 14 and Bernie at 28. That's how far ahead he is in the national polls now. And then Chris Matthews said this on Hardball yesterday. Nobody just says the obvious. Bernie, you're full of it. None of this is going to get passed. You're going to be a miserable president, frustrated from the first day, because you're not going to get Medicare for all. You're not going to get free college tuition for public universities. You're not going to get paths of all student loans. None of this is going to happen. And you're just going to sit there and stew in it. So why don't they bring that up? I do not understand why they don't bring that up. They've got to get out there and say, I disagree with socialism. I believe in the markets. Right. I think he's wrong. I think he'll never get it done. And in this country, we'll never go that direction. And by the way, we'll lose 49 states. That's, uh, that's what we call unequivocal. Right. And why aren't more people saying, I agree with him. Why has yeah. no candidate said that on the stage? They are desperate to have Bernie's followers come their way when Bernie falls away. Well, Chris Matthews says it's that the at Trump one point. Strategy. Yeah, yeah, which you saw how that worked. Yeah. Um, uh, Chris Matthews goes on to say that they're pandering to Bernie's supporters because they yes. think they can get him when he when he collapses. It's exactly the strategy that people used on Trump, and he never went away. Well, I'm not going to attack him because there's a lot of people that really like Trump, and I want them to come to my side. Well, that did not work. Mm-hmm. What's interesting is the Trump stuff had more to do with... 49 states, Chris Matthews. Yeah, that's that's pretty strong. Yeah. Uh, the, the difference was most of the criticism uh, on Trump, well, it, had, it, it didn't have to do with broad policy goals um, like it does with Bernie. Uh, and you would think there would be even more incentive to go after somebody whose plans are just looney tunes and would be bad for the country because that's what you're doing you're arguing policy but i don't know they, they, maybe it's the the twitter factor that the energy on the young far left is so hot right now the candidates get an outsized idea of how significant it is and they just fear going up against it you know there's an article getting a lot of attention uh, right now a couple of people have sent it to me i've, I've begun to read it and it's just terrific it's by a guy uh, named uh, Gerfried Ambrose, and the title is My Former Life as a Radical. And what's really interesting about it is it is one of the best, most concise discussions of radicalism um, and what it is and isn't that I've ever read. And, you know, I'll, I'll hit you with a couple of pieces of it because it applies directly to Bernie and his followers. Broadly defined, radicalism implies a rejection of compromise and incremental progress in favor of radical change. Um, And he says, for years, I believe Western capitalist society was beyond redemption and in need of a sweeping revolution. Um, But then he's reformed and he quotes, for for instance, the philosopher Roger Scruton, who outlines the fallacies underlying this mindset uh, in his book, The Uses of Pessimism and the Danger of False Hope. 
he, he points to the best case fallacy, which imagines the best outcome and assumes that it need consider no other, and the utopian fallacy, which insists that the perfect is the enemy of the good. These can be summed up under unscrupulous optimism, a concept originally coined by a different philosopher. Assuming that intentions translate directly into results, radicals tend to be unscrupulous optimists in that they operate on the premise that well-intentioned radical change, however destructive, can only lead to improvement. But as Thomas Sowell has put it, they forget that human societies may retrogress disastrously. He was uh, analyzing Marxism. Ignoring the dangers of retrogression, meaning getting much worse, can mean sliding into the belief that nothing could be worse than the existing society being criticized. And this belief is reinforced by a tendency to compare the status quo, not to history, but to an imaginary future of human perfection. Mm. Any society that falls short of this fantasy is seen as an abomination. This can lead to false and dangerous equivalencies. It may, for instance, obfuscate, this is full of great thesaurus words, but... It may smear the difference between democracy and autocracy, between being governed and being ruled, which from a utopian standpoint can seem like a distinction without a difference. Meaning, you know, to sum it all up, and and this may sound familiar to you, your radical types think, listen, we are going to tear it up. We are going to rebuild it according to our utopian visions. Give us the power to do it, and we will make it happen. Ignoring the fact that often these things go disastrously wrong, and there is a hell of a difference between being governed and being ruled, which they would like you to overlook. But it's a beautiful siren song, the utopian vision, particularly given the flaming imperfections of the current world. None of us denies that the world is, is frequently unfair and crappy and difficult. It is, but that you got to compare it to history, not to your utopian visions. That's really good stuff, right? It there. is really good. It goes on for pages, pages though. Is there anybody on cable TV other than Chris Matthews willing to say that about Bernie Sanders? Including what he said a couple of weeks ago. I want to know what he means by socialism. Was he pro Castro? Cuz if Castro had won, I would have been shot in Central Park. Right. And a lot of these people around here would be clapping or whatever he said about that. <laughs> Uh, yeah, that's Anybody an interesting else on question. the left going to say that? Or are they all going to kind of, well, he might win, and we want to be on the side of the guy who wins? You know, I think most figures in the media are clinging to some sort of image as a journalist as opposed to an opinion leader. Well, that's laughable on, on cable news. Well, right, they're, they, they're trying to make it seem like they're operating from a place of... Uh, neutrality or intellectual honesty. Within their sphere. Right. Okay. Right. Matthews has uh, the the balls, the experience, and he's old enough that he doesn't give a damn, I think, at this point, that he's, uh, he's just, he would rather lead opinion than, than timidly kind of try to nudge it. Like, you know, your anchorettes on CNN. I thought that was a heck of a thing to say. Oh yeah, the guy that's currently in the lead of the party that you're 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 channeled. The, the whole channel now is just built around boosting the Democratic Party. Yep. And you just said the guy in the distinct lead would lose forty nine states. Yeah. That's a heck of a thing to say. David Ignatius um, is he wrote a column the other day in the Wapo, the the title of which was "We're Witnessing the Reemergence of the Moderate Democrat." And it strikes me as a little bit of wishful thinking, but 
He says, for all the thunder on the Bernie Sanders left, the most interesting trend in the Democratic campaign this year may be the reemergence of the moderate wing of the party. Then he name checks uh, Pete and, and Amy Klobuchar and all. In our barbell view of politics, where all the weight seems to be at the two ends, this reality may be obscured. Far more Americans, 42%, describe them as independents than as Democrats or Republicans. Hmm. In the most recent Gallup survey, the percentage of the people who see themselves in this broad middle has rarely been higher. Oh, it's, you know, yeah, the labels are so useless, especially these days. There are a lot of policies that Trump has that are unmistakably moderate to traditionally, you know, democratish. Sure. More protective trade policies trade and that stuff? sort of thing. Yeah. And That's the opposite of what the Republican Party has stood for forever. Right. And, and Trump is the, the blue collar guy. He's the king of the blue collar voter at this point, which is ironic, I get, but. So I don't know. I don't know where this goes from here. Well, the only question, and then I'll shut up about it for a while, um, is uh, who's the fire on tonight? Bloomberg, because he's the hot topic right now? Yes. Or the guy that's actually in the lead by a lot? Yes. Both. There's plenty of time for both. Mm. It's the 10th debate. Amy. The 10th Yeah, I know. We're, We're way too in the weeds. I'm sorry. I've just, I like this sport of it. Amy got major kudos and major growth. For being the tough Midwestern biatch she is. And she's the only one who raised her hand and said, I think it's a problem that Bernie's a socialist. Yeah, so in, in, if she doesn't double down on that, she's a fool. Yeah. And I don't think she's a fool. Right. So we'll see. And we'll bring she, you the she, highlights. She eats her salad with a comb. If she, if she has to. If she gets a little higher in the polls, that story's going to be revisited. Was she? She was trying to shame her staffer for not getting a fork. Yeah, I think the story was her her staffer screwed up on the have, not having a fork and like in a passive aggressive sort of. Okay, I guess I'll just have to eat my salad with a comb then. And, the, and the punchline was she handed the comb to him afterwards and said, "Go clean it." Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the. I guess. Okay, that's that's uh, that's a little gruff, but I don't know. She bring got... me a fork when you bring me a salad. <laughs> It's it's not a big stretch, is it, or P.S.? I'll no. eat my salad with a comb. And well, you'll no, clean second. it. You lost me there. You're going to punish me by you eating with a comb? Go I ahead. I could go get the fork and you could there's, wait a minute. There's forks right over there. <laughs> All right, eat it with your comb. I don't care. Eat, <laughs> eat, it, with your, your, eat it with your hand. <laughs> eat it with your shoe. <laughs> to your salad. And we'll say, we'll see. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Jury has it with the Harvey Weinstein trial, and they're uh, they're deliberating. So the result comes in. We'll let you know. Certainly. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, uh, let's change of plans here, Michael. Instead of playing the thing I was going to play, we mentioned this earlier. The uh, Astros cheating scandal stole the World Series, cheated their way. It's a hollow victory. It will ring hollow through the the history of baseball. Whatever, whatever that means. Damn them, damn them, and they're cheating. Uh, but uh, you know the the team owner with his weak, pathetic milk toast. We don't know if it affected the games. What are you talking? Your guys knew which pitches were coming, and you can't blame the players. It's all about management and right. And we don't know how it. Blah, blah, blah. And then the players, Alex Bregman, with his horrific. 
Yeah, we win as a team and lose as a team. I'm not here to, you know, talk about the... Uh, you're not here to talk about anything, so shut up. <laughs> well, some of the other guys in uh, the major leagues are speaking out. This is uh, the Braves' Nick Markakis. Markakis? Uh, uh, here he is, clip number four. Hit it. You know, it's anger. I feel like every single guy over there needs a beating. It's wrong. They're messing with people's careers. It was wrong. I know as players, we do not agree with what they did. We don't stand behind them, and never will we support them. They got off pretty easy. Um, You know, they're going to be able to go out there and compete with no ramifications at all, which is wrong, and I think the commissioner completely handled it the wrong way, and he should be embarrassed of himself. Attaboy, Nick. How much of it is... um, uh... He's hey. right, by the way. It affected people's lives, well, their works, their contracts. That's what I was going to ask. Sure, okay. How much of it, of the anger of the players, is, I believe in fair competition, and the better made the best man win, and how much of it is, you, you just messed up the whole dynamics of everything for us making a living. I think the two are inseparable, honestly. That's why you need fair play. Otherwise, you know. Guys, guys got rocked and their careers were altered forever. Oh, yeah. You know, you could look to the enormous <clears throat> amount of money um, that, that could be effective. A few people are terribly sympathetic that a pitcher might make 10 million a year as opposed to 20. Um, but, yeah, there's enormous amount. There are enormous amounts of money at stake and reputation, people's confidence. And... I'm sure you could find people. Somebody might. I'm sure you could find a player whose career ended. Yes. That might not have. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. Or a coach or whatever. And uh, here come the judge, the mighty, the home run hitting New York Yankee Aaron Judge. It was tough to watch, you know, through the whole thing. You know, once it came out, you know, I was pretty mad, pretty upset to know that we were probably cheated out of a possibility of making it to the World Series. That's tough to kind of let go. Wasn't a fan of the punishment. I thought that was a little weak for a player-driven scheme that no players involved got any punishments. You know, it affected the fans of the game, you know, and even other guys, the guys that lost their jobs because of it. Do you think the Astros should be stripped of their 2017 uh, championship? Yeah, I just don't think it holds any value. You cheated and you didn't earn it. You know, that's how I feel is it wasn't earned you know, to know that another team had an advantage that nothing you can really guard against i just don't feel like that's earned or it's not earned is there a comparison to another sport for folks who who didn't play baseball like beyond little league i don't know maybe in football if you always knew whether it was going to be a pass or a run with a hundred percent certainty on the defense i'd be pretty good you could run everybody at the quarterback <laughs> oh, yeah i mean it was gonna be a pass still have to cover the receivers and everything but i mean if you knew it was going to be a run you'd have all your defensive bags up at the front the front you know the the line yeah it was horrific cheating so well i'm glad to hear players speaking out because normally the league kind of throttles them but uh, not anymore Cheating cheaters. Why didn't they go stronger why didn't they say you don't get to participate in the postseason for five years or something crazy like that Oh, man. That's all the players question. are out for a year. Uh, from my understanding, uh, any sort of actions against the player would trigger uh, the player's union uh, fighting back and, and dragging go, it down. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. But th- this is their... This is the the reasoning that I've heard explained. It is that they wanted to try to get through it and... In a easy and chicken s fashion? Yes. 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 Yeah. Well, hasn't worked. Right. Well, it was too obviously chicken poo. So, anyway. Complete transition. Totally different topic. I think I have time. No, I don't have time for this. No, I have enough time for this. Played this very late in the show Monday when we were working on a holiday because that's how much we care. Seattle City Council 
nosing ahead of San Francisco for the most bizarre, messed up city briefly. It's neck and neck. This was at the city council meeting. Uh, It's self-explanatory. Unwelcome sight in the neighborhood. A developer is being greedy. There's a hole in the sky where a tree once stood. This is during the public comment section. Such a lack of life and sound. All that's left is bare, muddy ground. Gal dressed a magnificent as a tree, tree was her. murdered. The mighty dollar oh, cut costumes. it down. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Stand up. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. Laws protect exceptional trees, but the city grants exemptions to these. Instead, they reward the developer's greed and sanction the murderer's deeds. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. There's a hole in the sky where the tree once was. Somebody's making money. No more leaves shimmering with golden light, no more gentle shedding of rains, nor tulip blossoms rustling in the wind. Now nothing remains but that hole in the sky where the tree yeah, She's really was. whipping them up now, Somebody's and the gal dressed as a tree money. is going to fire There's up the crowd. There's a hole in the sky where the tree <laughs> wow, that's, was. Wow, that's beautiful. You know, she's, making <laughs> money. she's not a bad There's songwriter. A Did they make her stop at some point? No, I don't. It goes on for another 30, 40 seconds. (laughs) Well, yeah, I believe it was one of those public comment things. You get two minutes. It's an open mic for two minutes. Yeah, so no time for a guitar solo or like a recorder (laughs) solo, more likely. Somebody murdered the tree. Yikes. (laughs) All right.